Blog Talk Radio. Another episode of Magic Universe with Sharona. And I'm so happy that you're joining me here today. Just to let you know, this little radio show is all about awakening and embracing your inner personal power and self-confidence, shining your light, and creating magic and miracles in all areas of your life. Simply by using a little bit of help from your angels, maybe your ancestors and spirit guides, and maybe even yourself in a past incarnation. And most importantly, aligning yourself with the divine and loving conscious energy of the magic universe that we are each a part of. So, are you ready to live your magic and ready to be who you really are? Then you're going to want to join me. Uh, During this hour, I'm going to invite you to step into your power and awaken your true magic. So why don't you grab yourself a cup of tea and settle in, because I know this is going to be a fun and magical hour. If you're new here, I'm Sharona, and I am the radio host of Magic Universe, which is here on the Psychic Radio Network. And to tell you a little bit about myself, I'm a a tarot reader, teacher, scholar. I'm also an angel Reiki master. And I do uh, spiritual life and business coaching. And I'm also a teacher of the magical and intuitive arts. And I absolutely love using such tools as tarot, astrology, numerology, and much, much more. Because it helps me and you, my dear friends, manifest the life of our dreams. Uh, What are your dreams, my listeners? Is there something that you yearn to create? You see, I, I too, am following my dreams. Besides this little radio show um, and my teaching and coaching, I'm also an artist and a designer and an author. And right now, I'm working on the uh, Boho Pixie Tarot and its companion guidebook, The Little White Dog. And it's there that I show my system for reading tarot that will have you interpreting tarot faster than you can say pixie so that you become tarot fluent in the language of tarot simply by combining numerology with tarot and following your own little white dog. So, hey, tarot book publishers, and uh, look no further. And I am coming to you today live from the Big Apple, New York City, where the sun has broken through the clouds after a very stormy night. Uh, To let you know a little bit about the show, it is a live call-in radio show. And, you know, here we talk about a lot of topics, energy healing, tarot, oracle cards, astrology, synchronicity, but mostly about how to embrace your inner personal magic so you can raise your energy, 
so that you have good, good, good high vibrations. And that's so you can generate and attract more love and magic into your life. I also love introducing you to great people in our community. And today we have a really special returning guest, Susan Watts. And after I do the interview, if you want to call in for a tarot reading, please call in and get in line because this is a live call-in show. So if you would like a free mini reading or an angel message or a little bit of angel Reiki, I want to let you know that the phone number is 714-816-4628. Now that's just if you want to listen. If you want me to take your call, you'll be live on the air. Remember, you must press the number one on your phone keypad because that will let me know that you want me to take your call. And I do want to let you know, I do take the calls in the order that they are received, so don't hang up or you'll lose your spot in the line. Now, you can also join us in the chat room. And to go into the chat room, that is at the Tarot Guild dot com forward slash chat okay and you know while you're checking out that after the show you might want to check out all the wonderful things that the tarot guild offers they offer um, an opportunity for you to meet up with a lot of fabulous folks and they do offer some absolutely wonderful uh, free workshops in fact we have one going on today at four o'clock Eastern Time. And also want to let you know that another one of our sponsors, Aerofield is one of our sponsors, um, we also have the Psychic Talk Radio Network. And that's the one and only radio network with spirit. And also connected with the Psychic Talk Radio Network, we have Psychic You. And that's where we have a lot of wonderful courses that you can take. And you can check that out at PsychicTalk.net. You'll find out more about our upcoming radio shows, our videos, our hosts, as well as the courses that we offer at Psychic U. So while you're there, you might want to check out my course, which is the Certified Angel Reiki Practitioner's Course, uh, which is the only course where you can get certified as both a Soy Reiki Master and an angel Reiki master. And remember, when I'm not on the airwaves, you can all set Sharona at PsychicTalk.net, and you can reach me there. And another one of our sponsors that I want to let you know about is the International Association of Angel Practitioners, because they are the very first worldwide organization that was formed to educate, celebrate, and support spiritual practitioners and entrepreneurs around the world. So do check out www.angelpractitioners.com to learn even more. So, okay, are you ready? I want us to get our magic on. So uh, we have a very special guest today who's returning for a second visit. And her name is Susan Wams. And she's a writer, a tarot reader, an actor, a filmmaker, and a producer. 
and she's also the co-chair of the New York City chapter of Historical um, Novel Society, and she's lectured at, at London's Watkins Books for the Recorded Author Series and in Berlin at the Occuculture Berlin Festivals. Um, and her writings have appeared in Kindred Spirit magazine and when she's not here with me on Universe on Magic Universe, uh, Susan can be heard on these podcasts uh, by Biddy Taro, Imaginary Worlds, and I love saying this, Badass Bitches Tarot, and the Spirited Tarot YouTube channel. And of course, right here on the Psychic Talk Radio Network. And her first book, which is called uh, the Magician in Full was first published in England and will soon be published in the United States. And it's part of a novel series that explores the life of the very awesome Pamela Coleman Smith, who is the mother of modern tarot and the uh, creator of, with, along with Wait, of the Wait Smith Tarot Deck. And this is going to be a series of books, so this, there's more books that are coming up in development. So let's give a big welcome to Susan Wan. Susan, I'm so happy to have you here today. Thank Hello. you, Sharona. I, hi, Sharona. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good because we're together, and we're together <laughs> with my listening audience. What could be better than that? <laughs> Thank you so much for having me on your show. Much. And um, as you know, this, the show is about love and magic, and we're going to talk about your book series. But, you know, since we're going to be talking about Pamela Pixie Coleman-Smith, why don't we start off with um, how did Pamela Coleman-Smith bring love and magic into her life? I think that Pamela brought magic into her life by being an artist. I think her creations, in a way, were a sort of magical incarnation, especially since she had these gifts of second sight and something that we call synesthesia, where she could uh, you know, some people taste colors, other people feel a three-dimensional form to letters. But Pamela's special vision was that when she heard music, she saw visions of what her artwork should look like. And she has a series of fine art paintings that are now in major museums that feature these beautiful, very esoteric drawings and paintings that she created when she was listening to music, when she had these visions. So I think that Pamela's magic lives on because she accessed that magical part of her where she could be in tune with what her inspiration was and to actually manifest it in tarot cards and in paintings and drawings. So I, I really see Pamela as a very magical person. And... um you um, are one of the, I believe, one of the leading experts on Pamela Coleman-Smith, 
and uh, the different ways that she expressed herself. Um, as most people know nowadays, she was uh, the illustrator for the Waitsmith Tarot, which really is, you know, the mother of all modern tarot. But she did more than that. So there are more, more about Pamela and her other contributions along with the tarot. Well, she was a very, uh, I guess, a, a child prodigy, if you were, when she was born in England and they lived in Manchester for a while. And then she and her parents sailed to Jamaica when she was 10 years old in 1888. And while she was in Jamaica, she had a, a minder, a tender named Miss Jones, who told her all these magical stories about Jamaican folklore. And these stories all centered around and Nancy, the sort of magical puck spider character that got into all these adventures and troubles. And Pamela memorized these stories by heart and then went on to illustrate them in a book that was eventually published with a New York publisher. Uh, about that time, Pamela sailed with her parents who were from Brooklyn, and they had her enroll in the Pratt Institute of Art when she was only 15 years old which was really phenomenal because it was one of the few schools that actually admitted women. And here was this young, very precocious artist who was taking art classes. So Pamela studied at Pratt for three or four years. There were some situations her mother ended up passing away in Jamaica. And then she want, Pamela wanted to explore different types of drawings. So she went down to Philadelphia and was looking into studying with some illustrator teachers there. But, you know, when she went to Pratt, it really wasn't allowed that women or girls could look at live students to draw, live drawings where people were naked. And so part of her portfolio when she was trying to get other artists to tutor her was she did not have the right amount of drawings to qualify. So I think it's so righteous in a way that after she had these refusals to take her on and she sailed to London when she was about 19 or 20 and she became part of this group, when she was designing these tarot cards for the Golden Dawn in London, of course she drew naked people. <laughs> There's naked people in the star and the lovers and in the devil card. And so in some way I feel like Pamela thumbed her nose at the limits that were tried to be placed on her because she was kept out of some things. And as an outsider, Pamela met so many obstacles that she surpassed just by staying true to herself. And I think that's one of the most inspirational things about Pamela and her life as an artist is that she just kept going. You know, she designed paintings and posters and wallpaper and she published journals and newspapers. And so in terms of being inspired by an artist, not only do her tarot cards live up to an inspirational standard, but how she took risks to try things that women and girls of that time were absolutely unused to trying. So to me, she's such an inspirational, magical person to, to show us the way that we need to take risks, like the fool, like the first card in her deck, and to progress through our life's journey. 
Indeed, indeed. Yeah, I mean, she was um, an amazing artist. There, there's just more and more books that are coming out that that show her artwork, the the beauty of it. Um, what are some of the uh, museum? Are there museums where we can uh, see Pamela's artwork? And um, do you know of any place, any museums or galleries? Absolutely. I think you might have to put in a request since some of her artwork is in special holding. But the Philadelphia Museum of Art has over 30 of her pieces. The Folger Library in Washington, D.C. has some of her drawings, as does the Yale uh, Private Library. And I believe that Harvard has some pieces, too. Now, these are just the libraries. And I believe the Metropolitan Museum here in New York City has one piece, but they keep that locked up. So it's, you have to ask a special permission to see it. In London, her works are featured at the National Portrait Gallery, at the Tate, and I believe here also in the United States, there are two or three of her pieces at the Smithsonian Library. So she has pieces all over the place, you know, from London to Philadelphia to New York, and it's really just a matter of um, maybe asking in advance to the special collections people if they can put them out for you to see if you take a trip to any of these museums. I see. Yeah, we've got to, I mean, you know, there are books uh, that are out there, um, you know, trying to think of the main one. Uh, oh, that's it, that's it. Yeah, where you can, I mean, she, she was an amazing artist. I mean, the cards are amazing. I mean, very unique use of color and, you know, how she created. I guess that was because she had a theatrical background. So, you know, you when you look at her artwork, it, it tells a story. You get you get involved in it. You know, you can you can taste it and you can smell it and you can feel it. That um is it's you know, it's very so special. Right. right. I think you hit the nail right on the head. I think because she memorized these Anne Nancy stories and performed them as a one woman show, she had theatrical, you know, ink running through her blood. So when she designed the Anne Nancy illustrated books and when she did the major arcana especially Almost every character is on some sort of stage, the way that it's set up in the card itself. It's almost like a theater poster. And she collaborated with Wait on these cards, and he had some pretty overwhelming, I think, um, guidelines about how he wanted the major arcana to fall out. But how Pamela took those 56 cards from the minor arcana and gave them life as a whole tribe in each suite, I think really shows some of her genius because the swords, pentacles, wands, and swords all have a different vibe. And so she took a narrative for each one of the minor suites and made it its own story. Of course, a lot of those cards, even in the minors, she informs with small Easter egg details from her knowledge of theatrical life. In some of them, to put a clue that it's 
you know, a prop from The Taming of the Shrew, or over here, it's Ellen Terry in her production of Nance Oldfield, and it's the cap that she used to wear. So she was very clever at being able to incorporate all these archetypes, but make it personal, which, Sharona, is one of the things I really love that you're doing with your Boho Pixie Tarot deck is that the way that you're using color as a designer to bring it to life in another astral plane is just really lovely. And um, I hope more people get to experience your Boho Pixie Tarot deck. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny that you talk about how the miners really kind of almost have more Pamela um, in them. I mean, they're actually, I love the minors in the deck more than the majors. They're just, I don't know, just looking at the faces, you know, to just, you know, look at that, you know, you know, I, I just grabbed the, uh, the Six of Pentacles and the expressions on the merchant and the, the two people that are asking for money, their, their faces and their gestures with their hands, you know, and their body is just tells so much. And she puts so much epic yeah. uh, detail in so many of her cards. You know, in a quilt on a bed, there'll be a famous Greek battle scene. You know, the use of lilies mm-hmm. in in swamps, you know, to bring up the idea of the Egyptian dead, you know, revitalizing themselves. She really used the details to be this sort of ability to zoom in and really focus on a message that could be a a token that's implanted in each one of these minor cards, or you can zoom out and actually see like a family snapshot. And so many of Mm -hmm. her, like you're saying, the bodies of people standing next to each other are, you know, women dancing and drinking together or a, a noisy you know, get together with a family and there's a grandfather and two dogs and there's a lot of creativity happening. She really took the minors from life. And it's like the majors are, are showy and they're, they're important and they're full of all sorts of really heavy, good energy. But the lightness of the minor cards are really, I think everybody can identify with one um, minor card in their day-to-day life and how it comes up. Yeah, there. It just. I've been, you know, I, I guess I've I've been looking at these cards for for forty years. Going to be that long, and do you know that every time I tune into the cards, sometimes I see something. I mean, there's just so much information in in a card, and it just kind of it doesn't jump out at you all at once. But you know, in the course of a reading, like I love. I'm just, you know, grab my deck. Like in the Queen of Wands, how um, there's like a little bird in the stops and, you know, the gestures. And I had someone on the show. His name is James Devine, and he, he's, he reads palms. And he's doing a whole study of you can just look at the hands that are in the minors. And he pointed that out, that how in the minors – the hands, you can read them. If you can, if you read palms, you can look at the hand. You know, it goes beyond the gesture. So I thought that was kind of cool that, <laughs> that you know, 
that's fair, you know, the hand gestures, the palms, that's everything. A, that's an idea. You know, especially with something as innocuous as the six of cups. Yeah. Where the woman in the, in the six of cups is wearing like a <laughs> My Siri. Like, why is that? Sherry wanted to contribute, so I have to move away from my computer. Oh, <laughs> you heard a voice in the background. Sherry <laughs> oh. wants oh. to provide Is that it? Yeah. I, hey, that's that's something we got to try. If Siri and Alexa <laughs> yeah. read the cards. So that exactly. was so funny. So let me move away from the computer and the speaker. <laughs> that's never happened. Oh, it's yeah. this Mercury in retrograde where all this extra energy is bouncing around. It doesn't know how to straighten itself out. Is it? I mean, it's, and then we had the uh, eclipse too. And, yeah. Uh, and then there's another one coming up in May. So we are living in interesting times. <laughs> yes. But I love what you were saying about the studying the hands of the people in the minors because just something as simple as the Six of Cups to see the little grandmother character wearing like a gardening glove and then you can't see her other hand. So we don't quite understand what's happening or why is she wearing a glove. But each one of the hands, especially like with the Queen of Swords, she's got her mm-hmm. her left hand stretched with the Kabbalah bracelet on it. So I think that's going to be a really fascinating study that they come up with. Yeah, you wonder, too, if Pamela might have been a time traveler because there is a lot of a lot of her artwork. It's like, how did she know about that in, in 1909? Uh, pretty yeah. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's just yeah. so wonderful, too, that people are looking at the cards now and finding so much synchronicity with what is happening in the world today, especially with the star and the temperance, you know, angels and, and people that are half in the water, half out of the water, trying to find balance. I think that it was also a cautionary tale about, you know, keeping our universe in tune and keeping our balance between, you know, the world and taking care of our environment. Uh, so much yeah. of our minor crops are lush and have, gardens and flowers and vines and you know that's the utopia that she's drawing for us and I hope that we can manage to to keep those ideas about what is a utopia and what does it look like yeah definitely and it was Earth Day yesterday so (laughs) we are um, yeah yeah I'm just looking at I love the um, the nine of pentacles and a little snail that's crawling, you know, at, at the feet of the of the main character that's depicted in the card. You know, the whole thing. What does the snail mean to you? And mm. I mean, there's so much, but it. This is still my favorite. There is nothing that you know comes close to the deck that, you know, the Wade Smith deck, it's, uh, it's just uh, just an amazing tool, and it really doesn't grow old. You know, it, it is, if you look at it, you know, that, that you're watching a play on the stage, and, and 
you know, it's it's all there. <laughs> you know, you almost don't need a modern deck, but uh, you know, those are good too. So, how did you discover Pamela? You know, I'm, I'm sure there's a, a story there. How you how did you discover tarot, and how did it that lead you into creating um, and writing your books? Well, in high school. For some reason, I got my hands on this blue cloth reproduction of Pamela's cards that weren't colored. My twin sister reminded me that I sort of carried this book around with me everywhere. I'm kind of gutted. I I lost it over the years. But even in high school, I was really attracted to those images, but I had no idea who drew it because there were only her three-letter initials in the corner, and it was called the Rider Waite throw deck. Well, eventually, when I moved to New York City, as a young person, I bought a deck. And then, of course, there was that little paper brochure that was included with the tarot deck when you bought it. And Sharona, I think I dragged that little brochure around with me for years. I kept it in all my purses. For some reason, it really spoke to me that her name wasn't on the deck of cards and that I just felt that she needed her story needed to be told. So uh, one time I was at the West Village having brunch with my mom, actually. My brother and a tarot reader had told me that I needed to step out of my ideas of just reading the tarot card and bring the tarot of Pamela into the future. And at the time, I had no idea what she was talking about. But because I was obsessed about Pamela and was doing everything that I could to research her, I began to write all these different ways I could tell her story. I did a little one-act play about her. I did a TV series outline, and then I just started researching everything I could about where did Pamela come from? Who were her parents? Why did she sail from New York City to London? And how come she had these 22 transatlantic voyages? And then it became clear to me that what I needed to do was what I wanted to do more out there than just writing a single play or writing one TV script pilot series, I wanted to write a series of books that centered on the pairing of her cards in the majors, to start with Magician and Fool, and then write Emperor and Hierophant, and then Empress and uh, High Priestess, and go through all of those 22 cards and chart out Pamela's path to how she brought the enlightenment that she was being taught at the Golden Dawn. So I wrote the first version of Magician and Fool, and as you said, I had it published in London, in England, oh, actually it was Manchester, in 2017. But because they couldn't do any distribution to the United States, it just sort of stayed a little listing and didn't really go anywhere. But I was so fortunate that it happened that way, Sharona, because what happened is it gave me time to go back to the book and really rewrite it with some wonderful editors and a sensitivity reader because in 2023, the world is very different than it was in 2017. And I really needed to have more consciousness about writing about Pamela and about her use of the Jamaican um, patois that she used in her Anansi stories. And because Pamela is often discerned as an outsider, even though she was born to two Uh, American people from Brooklyn, it's often been speculated that she is of mixed race. Um, The fact of the matter is we have no proof of that. 
we only know that when we look at photographs, she, she looks unusual. Um, her family that is alive still, you know, just stands by the fact that both her parents, Charles Smith and Corrine Coleman Smith, came from, you know, uh, Northeastern American people and that they don't think that there's anything with mixed blood in Pamela. But Pamela to this day has become an icon to people of mixed race and to women who perhaps are uh, gay and they see that Pamela's lifestyle was an inspiration or something like that. And I needed in the writing of this book to honor these aspects that people have picked up on. You know, I verify as much as I can, given the facts that we have of Pamela's veneer and what she looked like and how she moves through the world and how people commented on her. And what I'm really interested in in writing these series of books is to bring the story of Pamela as an outsider who didn't understand that there were boundaries or rules or why she shouldn't be as successful as the men of the era. And so with each one of these books in these series, she's learning something from her two muses that she can go forward and actually become an accomplished, complete, enlightened person by the end of this journey. So it's been thrilling and challenging and, you know, sometimes overwhelming, uh, first of all, to find the muses that will stand in for each one of these books, and real people that possibly could interact with Pamela that could provide the underlying message of each one of these tarot cards, who, who were the people that could have been her magician and her fool, and who was the person that was her empress. So I've done a lot of research in the Golden Dawn, in the theatrical community, in her Catholic community, because she converted to Catholicism. Um, and so it's been a, a lifetime of finding all these different ways that I can bring out as much as possible um, who Pamela was, because she was multifaceted, and she had interests all over the place. And so... It's been thrilling to do the research, but it's also been very daunting at times. So that's, in a nutshell, how the Arcana series, the, the 11 books, based on the two-card pairing in the majors, is being written. I've, the first book, Magician and Fool, is out May 2nd. Uh, the second book, um, High Priestess and Empress, I just approved the cover art for it, and we're getting ready to launch that next year at this time. I'm in final rights of the third book, um, Emperor and Hierophant, and then I've just started laying down the tracks for the fourth book, uh, Lover and Chariot. So it's it's a whole superstructure that I have to plan out in advance, like a tarot deck, what is the arc of this meaning of trying to describe Pamela's life through these tarot cards. I have an idea, but, but maybe you can reveal who is the magician and who is the fool. Oh, thank you for asking. Uh, Sharona, in my mind, because Pamela was obsessed with Henry Irving while she lived in Jamaica as a young girl, she would write letters to her cousin Mary Reed in Philadelphia as they tracked the celebrity gossip of Henry Irving. He was the first actor to be knighted, and at that time he hadn't been knighted yet, but he was touring America in eight transcontinental tours from the Lyceum Theater in London. And Pamela really fixated on how special he was, 
how he was bringing all this stage magic to his shows, what a celebrity he was. And eventually, Pamela and her father, right before her father died, they traveled to England and they stopped by this hotel in Cornwall called the Camelot Hotel. And Pamela tried to pitch a story to Sir Henry Irving about the pirate that she was, Jack Morgan. She also had designed and created these um, toy theater happenings. And in Jamaica, she had done one where she had a whole orchestra and people came to see it. So when she and her father met Henry Irving, she pitched him this idea that maybe the Lyceum Theater could do her version of Henry Morgan the Pirate from Jamaica. Now, that didn't come to pass, but what did happen is that eventually Henry Irving hired Pamela to be part of the Lyceum Theater Company. And so she sailed, after her father passed away, she sailed back to London to work with Henry at the Lyceum Theater um, in, in London. Now, while she was also there, I've conflated a little bit the timeline. I don't think she would have actually run into William Terrest. William Terrest was another dashing performer in the Victorian age. He was known as the darling of the gallery gods because all the young girls would go up to the highest balcony seats called the gods and squeal and, and clap whenever William Terrest came on stage. He was also a huge risk taker. I mean, this was the person who, you know, came to the United States with his wife and young child and tried to become uh, a horse breeder. And then he went to the Falkland Islands to raise ships, sheep rather, not ships. And he traveled all around trying to start all these schemes in all these different countries to make a living. And because none of them quite paled out, he ended up coming back to London but he became sort of the Robin Hood actor of his day. He could do all this amazing stage fighting and jump down from trees on stage and swing on ropes. And so he was the real dashing matinee actor. And so I have conflated his story in this ultimate, alternate universe where because he takes so many risks and he's not afraid to jump off and try the next thing, is he becomes the incarnate of the fool tarot card for Pamela. So so she has sort of like the old guard, you know, royal master magician in Sir Henry Irving, and then she has sort of a crush in this dashing lifeblood, um, the fool, who's showing her how to stick her neck out and actually jump into things. So that's why I picked Henry Irving and William Therese as the magician and fool in the first book. Oh, that's awesome. Because I was wondering, you know, there's like, you know, first I saw Magician, it's that way, and the more that, it makes a lot of sense after reading the book that that's Henry Irving. And yes, what a perfect fool, what a, oh my goodness, when you look at the card, that's him. You know, I'm looking at a, at a, uh, a picture. Yeah, the dashing hero who, uh, wow. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the thing that's so great William Therese, too, is that, I mean, his, auto was, his motto was to live a life, a large life. And it's so in keeping with the fool of, you know, take the leap, jump into the void, you know, no guts, no glory. You know, all those 
those things that you sort of talk yourself into when you have to take a risk with no certain payoff. And I think the fact that this daring do is next to someone from the old guard that really practiced. I mean, Henry Irving was all about, he memorized 800 theater roles in his lifetime. So he was all about preparation and you map it out and your magic happens because you have certain things set up to coordinate with each other, but you are in charge and you have all your tools on your table in front of you and, you know, you pretty much rule the magic. So the two of them together could be seen as almost opposites in a way, but they actually feed into Pamela's journey in terms of sailing back to London with none of her family and starting her life over and learning how to create magic for herself. And there were some people who did not want her to succeed. They felt that she was um, unschooled, um, that her drawings were primitive, that she was not part of the English elite and that she didn't belong there. And so she had her work cut out for her in terms of learning how to get community, learning how to, you know, get herself together. Fabulous thing about Pamela in real life is she wasn't afraid to start over. She wasn't afraid to go, you know, I tried to put out this broadsheet magazine with um, William Butler Yates and his brother and his sisters, and we did it for a year, and I don't like it. So I'm going to move on. I'm going to make my own newspaper called Green Chief, and I'll be the publisher for it. And she did that for about four years. And so, you know, she was willing to take on the incarnations of whatever form her art beckoned her to do. And I think, you know, nowadays we want such reassurances that it's going to pay off. And the thing that I've always loved about doing any kind of tarot reading with Pamela's deck is we don't know. We don't know what the card is going to do, (laughs) what the card is going to say. (laughs) So I feel that's her talking right there. Yeah, well, that's, you know, she she definitely, you know, lived a magical life. And the fact that she was an outsider, as, you know, we have come to know her by, is kind of cool, too, because aren't we all outsiders? You know, we're all, you know, we're all outsiders and, you know, we need to, you know, not let that get to us and embrace the magic that is all around us. Yeah. And it can be intimidating to be with very successful, prominent people, and you feel that you want to be in their slipstream of success and creativity. And it's a wonderful role model. But sometimes when you're not included, when you feel that you're at a disadvantage, you know, the inspiration that you need to keep going can be really uh, tough to come by. Um, That's why I think it's so important to be in touch with your authentic self in order to find your inspiration because no one else is going to provide that for you. Wow. Wow. Oh, we could, we could, we could go on for another hour. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, your book uh, will be available, um, I guess the easiest place to get it is Amazon, and that'll be on what you can pre-order, I know, but uh, when exactly uh, is it coming out? I know it's the beginning of May, but 
Um, I want to mark the date on the calendar <laughs> so oh, I can thank spend you. as much energy as I can. <laughs> thank you. I actually encourage people to buy my book on bookshop.org. Um, okay. Amazon is great too, but bookshop.org actually supports local bookstores. So when you okay. go to bookshop.org and find Magician and Fool Book One, um, Arcana Oracle series, they will go to the bookstore near your zip code and ship it from there. And, you know, bookstores have had a hard time during the coronavirus years. And so uh, Amazon, I think, will always do fine. Um, but the book actually comes out in just a week and a half, <laughs> May 2nd, and we'll have a get-together um, here in New York City. Sharona, I'm so thrilled you're going to be there for me for that, too. Um, we are also so happy to announce that Magician and Fool is also being released as not only an ebook and a paperback, but it's also coming out as an audiobook. And I am so happy about this. I'm, I'm married to a fantastic audiobook narrator, Robert Petkoff, and he has narrated over 350 audiobooks. And he's one of the top narrators in the business. And what I really wanted with Magician and Fool was, yes, I wanted the men's voice for the Golden Dawn's chief, Chiefs and such, and Henry Irving and William Tress, but I really wanted a woman's voice for Pamela. And so through Robert's connections, he contacted January Lavoie. Isn't that a great name? And January and Robert uh, narrate a lot of the Star Trek audiobooks. And she is amazing, too. She's probably one of the top narrators. In fact, just this past year, she won an award for a book that she did at the Audis Award. And the Audis are the awards that they give for audiobook narration. And January has such a beautiful voice, and it's so interpretive. You can listen to her and she's doing Pamela Coleman Smith as a young girl and then she's doing Maud Gone and then she's doing Ellen Terry and then she's doing the, the daughter of Ellen Terry, Edie Craig, who has a lisp. And she's got all of them down. And and so the fact that January Lavoy and Robert Peckoff are doing my audiobook, which also comes out uh, May May second, I'm over the moon about because it's one thing to tell stories when you read. It's, it's almost like seeing a play in your head. And because Pamela had synesthesia and she, she um, saw things when she listened to music, I'm really hoping that this word music that January and Robert paint in the audiobook will really open up Magician and Fool to a whole different audience. I think it will. I think it will. I can't wait to... Uh... Listen to that audio, and uh, I just know this is going to be a movie. <laughs> I, I I see wonderful things for this series, and you're, um, I know that we're posting your website, but uh, please uh, let our listeners know your, your website, because there's a lot of cool stuff there, too. Uh, Oh, thank so you. So your website yes, if they is... Go to, yeah, if they go to com, they can also see that I started a petition to get a heritage blue plaque placed in London on one of the places where Pamela lived. Now, if you don't know what a heritage plaque is, in London, they have these homes 
where you can see these beautiful blue, uh, it looks like blue porcelain um, round oval circles that that say that so-and-so lived here from such and such and such and such, and they created this, or they did this, and they did that. Well, these blue plaques are predominantly men, and just in the past four or five years, they've tried to make sure that when they um, sub, you know, have these blue plaques announced and, and put on buildings, that at least half of them are by women. So about 10 years ago, someone did do an application for Pamela to have a blue plaque. Maybe it was on her birthplace in Pimlico or her Bohemian studio in Chelsea. But for whatever reason, the panel turned it down. And so you had to wait 10 years for it to be resubmitted. So I've been going back and forth with the people, um, Kathy Power, who's with the Blue Plaque Heritage Organization. And the day that I could reapply, I started a petition for people to sign to say, please, the mother of the modern deck needs to be honored with her own plaque in London. Could you sign this? And I think I got about over 700 people to sign, and I was able to include this petition when I put the application in for Pamela to have a heritage blue plaque in London. So I'm still waiting on pins and needles to see if this is the year that the organization in London decides to put a heritage blue plaque either outside her birthplace or on her studio so that when people walk around London, I can't tell you the number of people who said, Susan, where did she live? Where did she work? Why can't I find out where this information is? And there's a wonderful woman with uh, who used to be with Atlanta's books, Carolyn Wise, I think it is. And she used to do these walking tours in London of Pamela at Watkins Books or Pamela at Atlantis Books or, you know, walking to Covent Garden where Edie had her costume shop. Um, so it's it's been a real thrill to think that maybe eventually we'll have this blue plaque in London for Pamela. Awesome. That would be awesome. Well, if you need any more signatures, uh, I'd be happy to put it out again. I did put it out uh, on the, you know, for, to the Tarot Guild and a couple of, of groups that I belong to. So if you, I know we can get you even more than 700 signatures. Well, the, the petition's closed because it had to be turned in with the application. But believe yeah. me, if we have a big party when we have her plaque, I will petition everybody to come celebrate. <laughs> yeah, and you have to do, you know, you have to start doing Pamela tours, you know, where you go to London and you go to Cornwall. And uh, I never know how to say my brood. Uh, all the places that she lived including there, were, think, there was a place yeah, she lived in New York City, too. I'm trying to find out right. that. You know, I've been actually, um, one of the things I've created is a map on um, Squirrel, which is this website, to show all the different places that she lived just during Magician and Fool. But when I get to the second book, um, Emperor, uh, High Priestess and Empress, I'm going to do a map to show where Pamela lived in New York City and Brooklyn. And I've talked about this for years, that there needs to be a walking tour of where Pamela lived on 18th Street and her studio on 31st Street and, you know, how she stayed at the Martha Washington Hotel, which is still here. Um, so eventually I hope we will have a walking tour of Pamela's paths here in New York and Brooklyn. Awesome. Awesome. That's so wonderful. Oh, my. 
oh, we can keep going, we can keep going, but um, we're way past the bottom of the hour. So thank you. Thank you for the work that um, that you've been doing, and thank you so much for coming back on my show. And, oh, it's uh, such a pleasure. Yes, yes. We'll have to do it again. So thank you. <laughs> when we have to we'll have the dance party. <laughs> Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Sharona. It was such a pleasure to be here. Love you so Thanks. much. Love you, Pamela. Love I you know you, you must be out there listening to us. <laughs> thank you, my uh, dear. I'll see you soon. Bye-bye. See you soon. Oh, my. Okay. So i got to let you know what's coming up here on the uh, on the, uh, on the the network. So let me... Uh, tell you what's coming up on the Psychic Talk Radio Network. Let you know that tomorrow we have a video live stream on YouTube with the wonderful Mary Brown and Dr. Carlisle. Um, It's a video live stream so you can, uh, you know, get free readings. So uh, that's going to be at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and you got to translate that to wherever you are in the world, and of course it will be recorded if you can't make it live. And then um, Mary Brown and Dax Carlisle will be back again on on Saturday, April 29th, with Tarot Today Live. And they're going to be doing at the end of the month, they always do their psychic spin on what's happening in the news. So you're going to want to tune into that. And just to let you know that I will be back on the air on Sunday, uh, May 14th, same time, same channel. And my special guests will be uh, Tarot Master and Crystal Healer, Gina Jean. And we'll be doing some readings after the interview. So, my goodness, I'm, I need to take, I see... Uh, there's someone who has their hand raised on the uh, switchboard. I'm going to area code 801. What is your name and where are you calling from? I think I know that area code. Hi. Hi, Sharona. How you doing? Hey, Charlotte. Charlotte. I hope you. Charlotte. I hope you've been enjoying enjoying our our little show today. This has been the best show. I mean, it's so fascinating and love hearing the stories about um, people who decide to um, buck that be not the other one, buck tradition and just do their life. You know, they have yeah. the courage to stand do their life and... Um, you know, just be the free spirits that they are. So it was, uh, and while you were talking, I was kind of trying to look up, like, some of her other artwork, but I didn't, I mean, I didn't do a real deep dive, but when we're done, I am going to do a little deeper dive and see if I can't find some of her artwork, you know, that's hanging in some of these many places you you guys yeah, they're, they're, her paintings are totally, totally amazing. You know, there's a there's a book out, Pamela. I couldn't think of the name of it. It's by Stuart Kaplan, 
uh, the uh, who headed up U.S. Games, and it's called Pamela Coleman Smith: The Untold Story. It's like a big coffee book. That's a really good one. But go on to Susan's website. You know, start with much more than just the tarot deck. But it's so amazing that that you know, which was actually a very small part of her creative life, but that deck because it speaks to so many people and it's so wonderful is, you know, really waking up the consciousness to all the other uh, things that Pamela did. And I, I, I always, you know, she left us in 1951, but I, I just always feel when I pick up um, a deck of cards, it's almost like I feel that, that Pamela uh, Coleman Smith or Pixie as she was known to her friends that she's tapping us on the shoulder you know as you're playing uh, with the deck and I thought it was amazing you know I'm, I'm talking with Susan and all of a sudden Siri starts talking <laughs> to me on my computer you know because it has that you know that that feature that if you talk to it it starts talking back and I'm going oh my goodness <laughs> I, as, as Pamela talking, is she talking like, to Pamela, us through Siri? Spirit is part among us. <laughs> so, so, would you like for me to pull a card for you today? I've got, uh, I've got my. Yeah, yes, yes. Pull a card, and um, has any angel popping in to say something? You know, that I need to know. Oh, my goodness. I got some good ones for you. I got some good ones. Okay. it You know, it starts out with the, uh, the nine of wands where someone is a survivor and they've kind of built a wall around them and, you know, kind of wondering if it's safe to venture out of this barricade. You know, they're a survivor. They, you know, it's it's been a struggle. And then the next card is the next three cards are the most awesome cards in the deck that follow. So this is the message to you. Then we get then we get the ten of cups, and then we get the two of cups, and then the three of cups. So you know this progression of love and friendship and being you know part of a community. You know that. That Charlotte, you're safe here. You're, you're in a safe environment, and you know of friendships and love and and support, and that good news is going to be on the way. You know this this opening of your heart. You're a survivor, and you did it. <laughs> and you know, I I love you know I love what. Um, Susan said about, you know, Pamela Coleman-Smith, that, you know, she was perceived as an outsider. And I, I think so many of us, you know, you know, perceive themselves as being outsiders. So, you know, outsiders, let's rock, man. <laughs> you know, but here, you know, here, you know, I'm seeing for you, step out, you know, you're a survivor, and... There's just so much goodness out there for you, Charlotte. Get ready. I'm ready. You're ready. You're ready. Yep. 
Yep, and then uh, I'll pull one more card from an oracle deck that I have, and I have for you freedom of soul expression. And it says that you may be holding back from expressing yourself out of fear of losing or upsetting someone around you. And I think that's important, too. You know, you just need to step out, express yourself, and all the the goodness that you have inside. Oh, that's so interesting that you pulled that card. Yep. And how it ties in with the first statement that I made about Pamela Coleman-Smith, which is she wasn't afraid to step out and... Exactly. Well, I love synchronicity. Yeah. Well, let me take one more call. I know you'll be listening in, but I see someone else just all of a sudden popped up. But as I said, um, thank you for calling in, and probably the second message is going to be for you too. So let me just go to the switchboard. Okay, great show. Love you. And I'm going to area code 651. What is your name and where are you calling from? Hello. Hi. Hi, this is Christiana calling from Minnesota. Hi, thanks for calling in. I hope you enjoyed the show today. Um, Hope hope that you learned some things about the awesome uh, White Smith deck and the awesome Pamela Coleman-Smith, and uh, would you like for me to pull a card for you? Yes, I'd like a card, please. So let me me just shuffle them up. I'm using uh, Pamela Coleman-Smith's deck here. So we have her energy. So let's see what Spirit wants you to know and... I'm going to start saying, what does Pamela do to know? Since she's kind of become our role model here. Okay. Okay. So, I didn't ask if you had a, is there a question in particular that you want to know about or, um, you know, before I start reading the cards? Yeah, I was just wondering if I'll be able to find my tribe about uh, where I'm at. Uh, I'm close to Mankato, Minnesota, so I was just wondering. So I didn't catch find your what? Tribe. Family, your tribe, your family. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, what I'm picking up is okay. This is your right now. You're like a lot of people. It's a major turning point. Okay, because the first card that I got, and that's why I said, let's, let's just see. Uh, you know what's coming through. I got the Wheel of Fortune, which is a yes card. This is a turning point, and things are going to be um, uh, changing for you, that you're going to be moving forward with new ideas, uh, new loves. And I'm getting this message about blending, you know, uh, blending everything together, your talents, 
um, and you know, you know, you know, also about creative expression. So, is there something? Is there a gift or something that you want to bring forth to the world? Because I'm just seeing tremendous creative energy around you. Um, excuse me. Yes, I was actually considering um, starting a meetup group um, at my place for um, to do intuitive painting with people, like all together, and then just share them with each other and like their stories behind it. You can do it. Now is the time. This is the turning point for it. This is the time to move forward with it. And, you know, what it's all about is the synergy um, and your gifts and talents and, you know, coming together with a like-minded group and, you know, creating something. Uh, You know, the combination of your gifts and talents, um, you have so much to offer. And, you know, I'm getting a message from the angels that you're being guided uh, to bring together different aspects of who you are and to create something new and exciting. And your higher self, which is your intuition, is, is guiding you to move forward. And they're telling you also that you need to let go of comparing yourself to others around you and that your gifts Mm -hmm. and talents are unique to you. And, um, you know, it's all about creative uh, talent and also this blending. So, you know, creating a group like that, this is the time to do it. You know, I just really think you're, you're definitely headed in the right direction, and I can't wait to, you know, find out about what great things that you create and you bring together. So yes, well, thank you. <laughs> a big yes, yes, a big yeah, yes. Thank you. Yeah, I want to say Pamela is with you with all of her creativity and and belief in herself and uniqueness. So embrace that energy. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Oh my goodness! I'm looking at my watch. So I need to. I'm not going to be able to get to all the calls today, but um, I will be back on Sunday, May the 14th. And I always like to, you know, leave everyone with a message. Um, and I guess I always say there's some words that you want to. There's magical words. Our words are magic, and the two most magical words are I am. And thank you, okay? Because whatever you put after I am, you become. That's you. That's where you are. So uh, be very mindful of what you put after I am. And the other magical two words are thank you. So throughout your day, you want to be thankful because that will make your heart, a grateful heart, is a magnet for miracles. And speaking of thank you, um, I want to thank our special guest, Susan Wands. Of course, I want to thank Pamela Coleman-Smith, you know, and I want to thank each one of you, my listeners, my little magical community, for joining me here today and leave you with this message that if no one told you today that you are loved, 
and that you are enough just the way you are. And this world would not be the same without each one of you. You're absolutely perfect and essential to all that is. So keep shining that light of yours, okay? Keep shining that light of yours, and I want you to know that the universe has got your back. So keep your energy and your vibrations high, and I always remind you to step into your power and awaken your true magic. So until we meet again, which will be um, on Sunday, uh, May May 14th, my goodness, is where this year going to. I am wishing each and one of you countless blessings and high vibrations. And my dear friends, I love you all. Susan, if you're still listening, I love you, Susan Wands and uh, Pamela Coleman-Smith. I love you, too. We don't want to forget you. So bye-bye, everyone. See you in two weeks.